0: Good Monday morning. And I recently had a light bulb event that might help you, but I have to tell on myself first, all right? By the way, I think it'd be a lot healthier place if we all told on ourselves instead of letting people think we're better than we are. So here we go. When I met Cami, I was basically traveling through Colorado and decided, well, I'm moving to Colorado. And a year later, we were married. In fact, a year, uh, it'd be 45 years from Memorial Day weekend of this year, 2023. So a year later, we're married and things have been going great since then. That's not the point. The point is this, Candy's people, her family, had a really nice house. It was a house that my family could have never afforded. Interestingly enough, I thought these were very rich people, uh, very rich people indeed. But recently I went back and had a look at the house. It is middle to lower middle class, which shows you what direction my life had been in to that point that I thought this was rich. I was just stunned by what they had. And then she would go skiing. And to me, skiing was something that rich people did in Europe. You know, normal people never skied. And so I I sometimes would go with her. I've never skied. I would take books. This is pre-Kindle, pre all of those. So we we had to carry actual books. And I would sit somewhere in the um, the, the little cabin and read while she and her, her friends or her family skied. And then we would spend some time later. And every time I'd go into a ski town, I felt very out of place, very all of these uber rich people with their fancy parkas and their fancy skis. And I looked at the price of a lift ticket and you know, all of this. And then their restaurants were much more expensive than I'd ever eaten. And I, I kept looking at these people and they were snobs. They were awful. They were rich entitled snobs. And I, every time I went back, I found, yeah, They are rich, entitled snobs. I don't like these people, and I'm sure they don't like me and think I probably I'm here to clean the toilets. And then years and years and years later, we go back to Colorado because we've been away. We've been living in Ohio, West Virginia, Michigan, uh, very briefly in, in South Carolina and now in Tennessee. But we would go back. Now, Miss Cammie can't ski anymore because she's bone on bone in her knees. She still does everything she can do, and God bless her, and she's a wonderful woman. But um, skiing's done, and she also used to figure skate, and that's done. But let's stick with those uppity skiers. Now we go back, and we will spend a week in a cabin that a friend of hers that she went to church with uh, loans us a week, I'm saying every year, This we she's only been doing it a couple of years, and it's not like she has to do it other times. But it's been a tremendous gift. And then one of our members at our safe harbor has a bunch of timeshares and has loaned us, or given us rather, a week, I think three times now. And it's just been stunningly wonderful in Breckenridge, a skier haven. Now, I love mountains and I love the sea. And so going to the mountains is always something I want to do and my wife needs to see the mountains. You know, she's a mountain girl and she needs to see them. So we go back. Well, this last time in particular, it was good to watch because we had snow during the time. Therefore, skiers were everywhere. But I noticed something. That was the only skier people on the bus with us, super friendly, very accessible, Always ready to start a conversation. Always ready to to smile, to hold the door for you. And the weird thing was that they did this in restaurants as well. They did this on the street. There was no bumping you out of the way. There was eye contact, smiles. It took me several trips back to Colorado to finally realize what had changed. And that is nothing. You see, they weren't stuck up, rich, entitled people whenever I first met them. They were just people. I had taken my attitude into the town and I'd taken it up the mountain. And then I watched and saw everybody through my attitude. And what I thought was I was seeing was rich, uppity people, but what I was really seeing was people as viewed by a reflexively judgmental person who wanted to judge them before they could judge me. It was my attitude, not theirs. I guarantee you that if there were a time machine and I could go back 45 years and see those same people that I saw back then and look at them today, I would see friendly people trying to have a good time. Maybe people who worked harder than I work, maybe people who, um, who don't have as nice a house as I do, don't have as nice a vehicle as I do, but they save up, save up, save up and come to do this thing, which is very fun for them. But I was seeing them as de facto or ipso facto. If you have skis and you're skiing, you're a rich entitled. That was all me. It wasn't them. And it was very humbling to learn this. And it made me wonder how many other kinds of people, whether it's activities, you know, sporting things, or politics, or religion, that I carried my attitude in front of me so that I couldn't see the people unless they were first filtered through all of the prejudices, the biases, and the attitudes that I brought into the room. And you know what I found out? There was a stunning amount. There were stunning amounts of people that I was prejudging thinking I was merely being observant but I wasn't I was prejudging it was my attitude that was the problem not theirs I've shared this with some people but not in something as global as this because we do go out to over 30 nations now and um, we have had viewers in all 50 states but I think many of those states people were just driving through so really concentrated in about 20 states, I'd say. Uh, and it's, I'm putting it out here, people. I really think we need to change our attitude and then see what happens to the people in front of us. I, um, I did not have a good view of Muslims. And all the Muslims that I had knew, I knew from the television and they were terrorists. And then I met some. And it was not instant. I don't want to give you that impression. It wasn't like I walked in and go, and now I shall see them for who they are. You know, it's not like Holy Patrick shines and there's a halo about his head. It took me some work to relax enough, to listen enough, to sit and eat with them enough to where I went, wait a minute. I brought an attitude into the room that didn't need to be here. Oh, yes, I know. You might say, well, they have attitudes too. Of course they do. Of course they do. I've had Muslims that have walked in and I could tell they brought their attitude with them. And I didn't try to force anything. I didn't you know, run over to them and yell, attitude be gone. No, because I understood, because I've done the same. And we can do that to these sinners, while these other sinners, we look at, and we say, we understand there's a problem, there's failure there. I'm sure there was a track record in a life, somebody hurt you, you know, grace is free. And then we look at this particular sin or that particular sin and we go, ah, you're evil. What's the difference? It's probably we prejudged the situation. Probably. Think about this. Let's say that you're dating whether as a, as a teen or whether as a dating again, later in adulthood. And you uh, we, we gotta pick a side here. So let's say that the guy says, I wanna introduce you to my family. And the the woman knows that this is a, this is a significant step up in a relationship and she wants that to occur. But the problem is she doesn't wanna have to deal with one of those complaining, passive aggressive, judgmental mother-in-laws when she goes how how easy do you think it's going to be for the mother-in-law to win her over to convince her that she's a nice person it can be done I've watched it done. I've watched I've been at family tables and watched the dynamics but it's rare. It normally takes several visits sometimes even a couple of years because somebody walked into the room bringing their attitude with them and only saw the people through their attitude. And it's just as unfair to them as I was to those rich uppity snooty, I'm sorry, those very decent, friendly skiers. We can find all kinds of reasons to justify our attitude. I I could have looked at them, and I did, as saying they're spending too much money on frivolity because in our family, that was never allowed. They had extra time to go to a different town strap boards to their feet and leap off a mountain. Well, in our family, we didn't have extra time. We worked. It was church work, church work, church work. There was nothing. That was it. You we are focused on that. And I could see that they were, they were having to pay to stay in these condos or these hotels and amounts that I, whew, you know, it was all that I would make in a week or two or three for a night there. And I, oh, This is wrong. Took me years to realize how foolish that was. Anytime we compare ourselves to another human being, we are really, we've already made a huge error. Consider this. A man that was a member of our congregation bought a car that in today's dollars, back then it was super high, but in today's dollars, it would run about $140,000. Now, right now, sadly, that's what cars are running for if you want the electrics and all the other. But uh, not, I'm, uh, yes, I know many others exist. But it is not as stunning as amount as it was before. But even that, let's say $130,000, $140,000. And I was I was scandalized that a member of our church, which was in the rural area in Ohio, would buy such a vehicle. What a waste of money. There's got to be seminaries. It took me a while, not a day, longer, to realize that I was driving at that time a little Plymouth Horizon. Now, tiny four passenger, four door, tiny motors. They used. They were also Dodge Omnis. Look them up, kids. You're not gonna pull a lot of hot women in one of these, which is all right, because I already married to Cammie and she would disapprove of me engaging in that activity. So. It was a plain Jane car with kind of like corduroy seats and a little automatic transmission. And I thought we were the richest people in the world coming from Scotland. uh, We'd come from a a Citroen 2CV to this Plymouth Horizon. We had doubled our doors and, uh, well not our doors, we had doubled our cylinders and tripled the, the horsepower. And it dawned on me, that little car that I drive, I spent on it, a few thousand dollars. In today's money, I don't know, I, I maybe 10,000? And that to most of the people in the world, that was an obscene amount of money. If I had the right to judge my brother who had bought the very expensive car, the world had the right to judge me. It was a beginning of this road, and I'm just gonna ask you, if you're watching this on Monday, or if you're listening on the podcast on Monday, Let's start now making sure that when you walk into a room or you're in a circumstance that you don't throw your attitude in there ahead of you so that maybe, just maybe, we can see people and situations for what they are, not what we already decided they were. Have a great week. God bless. Cheers.